0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Before we get into today's podcast, I just wanted to make sure that you already signed up for the Irish Clover 5-Miler in Drake, Massachusetts. I know most of you probably have, but if it had just slipped your mind and you forgot to do it at this point because that's the only reason you wouldn't be running this race, pause the episode right now, go to the link in our Instagram bio, click it, sign up for it. And guess what? Use the promo code TB12 to get 12% off. That's right, 12% off when you sign up for this race. But you got to do it right now. Listen, stop procrastinating. Stop pushing it off to the next day. Because if you don't use that promo code right now, you're going to lose your chance. It expires at the Super Bowl. So get to it right now. The prize for it, the championship belt, if you haven't seen this thing, that's also on our Instagram. This thing's unbelievable. If you're not trying to go after that belt right now, I don't know what you're doing. It's the coolest prize in all of road racing. So sign up for it, and now let's listen to this episode. We got Steve and Trent. I'm not here for this interview, unfortunately, but Danny Mackey is back on the show, coach of the Brooks Beast. They did an awesome job. Danny's the best. We love having him on. He's always welcome on the Peak Too Early podcast. Let's get into this thing. Enjoy.
1: This is Peach Too Early, presented by SAB Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Danny, what's up? Hey guys, how's it going? Doing all right. Is our, is our boy Dave doing all right? <laughs> my meeting with him was a, a run. He wanted me to run with him. I
2: haven't doubled, I don't know, 30 years.
1: <laughs> 30 years since I
2: doubled. <laughs> that, that's tough to be the boss and somebody wants to meet with you and you end up having to do like a five mile run or something like that. I don't have that problem yeah. in my job, which is nice. No.
1: And the people I'm running with aren't like normal human beings, you know? No, <laughs> <laughs> professional athletes. Right. So, so,
3: are are you uh, you in Albuquerque right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been it's beautiful here.
3: Whole, whole um, team out there.
1: Yep, whole teams here. Um, it's been you guys got hammered there, didn't you, with bad weather?
3: It's been a little bit of a it's been a little bit of a run of a uh, really cold weather. Like it's been yeah. it's been pretty brutally cold for a couple of weeks. But Trent Trent doesn't live
2: in New England anymore. Oh, I'm I'm out to training all the time now. I made a move out to to Eastern Idaho. Uh, kind of in the foothills of the Teton Mountains. So I'm not running yet, but I'm at least getting the altitude trainings from living here. How high elevation are you? It's like 6,200 where my house is. So oh, and shit. it's pretty high. Yeah. 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 And there's uh, plenty of big hills behind that when I'm feeling extra motivated, I'll try and get up them a couple of times. But why did you I move I'm out worried. there? Uh, I just was done with the city, done with the the city life in Boston, and then I, I just love mountains, running, skiing, uh, hiking. So being out in Teton, it's like right outside Jackson Hole. So I mean, it's like a oh yeah, Jackson beautiful know, cool. outdoor person's just paradise out here. So yeah, beautiful, cool. I like well, it Danny,
3: yeah. it has
2: been it has been a uh, crazy,
3: let's say half a year for for the beast. There's there's a lot we need to talk about, but you know, right off the start here, I want to, and it's been, you know, I was just thinking about this. It's been almost a hundred episodes since we've had you on, which is nuts. It's crazy that we've been doing that this long. Um, But I think right off the bat here, I want to talk a little bit about this past Olympics and I want to talk about Josh. I want to talk about his bronze medal. Um, And I just, I want to start off with this question. So in the finals, uh, Josh is moving up the pack and right about 500 meters ago, I think he moves into six. He gets right on Whiteman's shoulder, right? And he starts to move a little bit coming down the home stretch into the last 400. And it's looking like he's going to be in the mix. What is going through your mind when you see Josh starting to make his move going into the last quarter mile?
1: Um, yeah. I had to think I'd like, when you were talking, I'd like, looked through the right, I'm like visualizing. As i watched that race a few times. Uh, at that point, I think. Um, I was sure he was going to have a good race. So, cause he was moving, he was in, he moved up the whole race. Like if you look at his splits, each 400. So at that point, when he started going 500 to go, we had talked about that a lot. We had trained for a move at about that spot and um i trust josh so i trust he's measuring because they're running fairly quick and so he was in lane two a little bit passing. but i was like he's gonna have a fucking good race now and that's kind of like that simple like i um at one point now there's two times i thought he was gonna win but then i see other guys looking good so yeah when he started moving 500 to go i was like okay he's gonna be he's gonna place higher than he has before in a, in a global champs he's gonna he's gonna have a good race which is awesome like he i knew he felt good And from a coaching standpoint, outside of some tactical things that we talk about, like if he feels good, I tell them like, we just want you peeking at the right time. And so, yeah, I was pretty happy. Um, I was super, super sick during the Olympics. Um, And uh, so my coaching friend had come out from Colorado and he was, he was jumping all around like way more than I was. I was like, and I think I probably slept nine hours that entire week. I it was, I was, a, I was in a rough spot by the finals. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I couldn't express things super well, but I was excited. So, well,
3: yeah, I'll that was tell a fun you, race. I'll tell you what was going through my head. My head was, <laughs> holy shit, holy shit, he's in the mix. Holy shit, holy shit, he's got a chance at this. Holy shit, holy shit, I think I just woke up my neighbors. That, that's what was going through my head, that old last water. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Gosh, it was, I, it didn't hit me that he meddled. Well, you know, I talked so much. I don't, 100 episodes, I don't know what, what, what I was talking about then, but like I'm so process oriented with stuff that I, I might do a disservice to myself when they do well. Um, cause I went to pre classic two weeks later, maybe. And Pete Julian came up to me, you know, the Nike coach, and he goes, Hey, congratulations. And I was like, I go on on what? <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was looking at me. Like I, I think he thought I was kidding. And it took me a second. And then he goes, on Josh. I was like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> like, but like I was like, on practice just now, you know, in my mind, because we just had practice before the race. And <laughs> I was like, did Henry look really good or something? Like I had no, you know, like so um it didn't hit me until uh, we were in Seattle and we did some stuff with the sales meetings at Brooks and he brought the medal, and the whole company was just like super excited about it. I was like, I mean, I know it's a big deal, but I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Yeah. So that was like, I don't know, two months later.
3: It sounds like you, uh, you subscribe to the, uh, the bill Belichick. So it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Bill Belichick says, he says, um, Players win games, coaches lose them. Right, so you're yes. you're focused yeah. focused on the the losses, the shortcomings. But you know, it, it sounds like you're you take the same type same type of philosophy when when you're when you're athletes. Yeah, well, that's quite but fair. but you know, I just one follow up to that. You know, sure. seeing, and I I mean this as the ultimate compliment towards Josh because it's my favorite quality in an athlete. It's uh, it, it, you know, it, I love seeing. Is seeing an athlete that kind of fits into this mold mold. But when you see Josh up there with Inger Britson and Chariot, I mean, those guys, those guys might as well be superheroes. Right. And coming into that, coming into that in Olympics, you know, I think we, we were all cheering for him. We all knew that he had a shot, but it's like, you don't necessarily, I mean, maybe it's because we're, we're friendly with Josh. We know him. He's been on the podcast, but you don't necessarily see him in that group and to watch him do it. And, and and be a part of it in the coaching there's got to be a little bit of validation to what you're doing right there's got to be a little bit of validation to to like yeah I knew I could get an athlete there or yes I finally am you know I I, I can show the world that you know one of my athletes can can kind of can get to this level
1: man it's like I don't want to be a, an ass um in this response so i'll say i'll start Eat, with be that. an ass be an asshole so okay, okay. so i'll start with something that's a little bit more like not from this high hill so i don't even know if this is legal but i'm saying it, but i so i i bet a lot of money on of my own money on josh winning
3: me too by the way just so okay, you know. so,
1: <laughs> so um i was I, I talked to some friends and they're like i don't think you could say that but like but it wasn't pete rose but i was like throwing i was like if i bet on josh to get last it's a little different yeah, he winnings it. So, you know, like, uh, I, so I, I joke with Josh cause he, cause I'm like, I lost money when you medal, just, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> I did two bets. I
3: bet, I bet him to win. I also bet him to podium. So I, I came out on the right end of that.
1: So my Chicago friends were way smarter than me. Um, they all bet the podium. Um, but you know, they trust me cause I, I'm not, I don't get, I don't get that bullish with athletes. I'm pretty, pretty level with them. And so I was like, he's gonna, you know, I know who these guys are obviously like the superhero guys. Um, so I say that cause I'm like, I just, you know, I think very really highly of Josh's prep and, and him as a person as an athlete. So, um, yeah, so it was cool seeing that, like, is seeing like, those are names that I'm a fan of the sport. I hope to God, I always, I, I am till I'm done with it. So, um, I like chariot a lot. Um, Whiteman's Whiteman. I'm a fan of Whiteman and Whiteman. I thought Whiteman was going to medal at some point, uh, Cole Hawker scares the shit out of me, you know. Like I think he's just so dangerous uh, with how he with how he handled the rounds at USA's. But um, yeah. So say that stuff so I sound more like a human being because I think I am. But like when Rivage David Rivich called me right after, and it, like I I I guess like I I really I have tried so much to be process oriented with them that I didn't and I when I said I didn't sink in for a couple of months I think I've done the, the work I, I don't know I just was detached from it so I didn't I didn't uh this is where it's hard to not be I don't care what people think like I I told David on the phone he was he's like man everybody's gonna believe in the team and Marta ran well and we had everybody PR'd except uh Drew this year you know and he's like all these people are going to think this and this and this of the team and you. And I was like, I just, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I shouldn't say uh, I I really don't give a shit. And I really care about what the athletes think and of me a lot, um, maybe too much. My friends are really hard on me, my Chicago friends, and I'm 41 and uh, I care what they think. And so like, if they think I'm good at coaching, then I'm good at coaching. And Josh could have not gotten to that first round I don't think he's less of an athlete for it. I don't think that, um, you know, I don't know what I'm doing in the 1500. Now it, I do. I, what, when my mentor Dan Papp said, he goes, you know, people are going to start thinking of this because of the medal, So just be prepared. And so like, nothing's really changed. So it's like you guys say, and I, I respect what you guys think because you guys watch the sport a lot and you're in it, but yeah, it wasn't in my mind. Like, um, I don't know if we've had some sort of positive windfall yet from it, to be honest. Um, doesn't seem that way like we we signed isaiah harris but i think we would have signed isaiah anyways i I don't know i don't know how much the metal changes people's that's you guys would know more than me i don't i don't pay attention that much to it so anymore i don't know if people think that we're like a good group and i'm a good coach now i'm not sure
2: well we thought that ahead of time and we we think that even more now so uh we can just tell you from our perspective did, uh, so Josh cost you money. Did he buy you like a watch or something? You don't get a medal, right? As a coach. So did, did he buy you what did you get for you? Well, the UK, uh, I think they gave me like $4,000. So okay.
1: I'm, I'm back in the black I'm <laughs> net positive from the Olympics. <laughs> Josh has not bought me a watch. Um, he's hoarding all the money for himself and his, his wealth. You know, the Tesla, all these things. It's flashy. Right. loft here <laughs> in Albuquerque.
2: <laughs> so, so Josh um, Josh had a recent quote in, in some article. I don't even remember where I saw it. But he was basically saying like that third place was not a goal that he was ready to rest on, right? Was, I think oh, i have it here. People might think you can be proud of a bronze medal, but when you've been in the sports at eight and nine, third isn't good enough. We just talked about how a couple months afterwards, it finally sets in. And it is like this incredible moment for you. Everybody at Brooks is, is loving it. How do you balance that as a coach, for your own accomplishments of getting, you know, getting a medal with Josh there and Josh's accomplishments of like enjoying it. We always talk about in this podcast, like enjoying the, the, the moment, you know, understanding how important of a race that was, but also, you know, you want to keep driving that motivation that he's got to, to say, you know what, I just got a bronze medal at the Olympics and I'm definitely not satisfied with that.
1: Yeah. Um, I like that question a lot because, uh, we just talked about that in our team meeting, um, so I, I voted for Josh. We we do a Wolf. We do a Wolf Award every couple of weeks within the team. And we all get to vote. And uh, Josh gets a hard time. He's been on the team for over three years. He's only won it once. So it's tough. It's a tough award to get. Um, and uh, I voted for him this time because he's running No rows on Saturday. And he's really fired up about it. Um, and the reason why I voted for him was because... After the Olympics, now, I'm jumping around a lot. I need to tell a side story. So when Josh and I first, we talked within minutes of the medal. And I felt like an asshole because my coaching friend was there. And I'm like, fuck, because I was telling him to be conservative with stuff. And so I, my first thought was I should have let him go because he would have gotten second. And I don't know what he would have done when he was on increments and shoulder. I always think the winner has more in the tank. So to credit the increments, and I don't think Josh beats him if he goes earlier or he's a little more aggressive. And, and you know, and my friend's like, he just meddled, man. Like, can you just enjoy it? <laughs> and so, and he's like, please don't say this to Josh. Josh, we were talking and Josh is like, fuck, oh, coach, I could have gotten second. That's the first thing he said to me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I just said that when you finished like within seconds. He goes, yeah, I guess we're meant for each other. So like, you know, there's this element of, um, I think one of the advantages, one of the reasons why, like <clears throat> it's a stoic principle about like not being too attached to these outcomes. I think, I think it allows for uh, space for when these, these paired this paradigm that you're talking about, Trent, where it's like, Josh, when Josh finished, he didn't want to race anymore. And I was like, cool, go to Hawaii with your, he just got engaged in December go to Hawaii with your girlfriend, go to Vegas with your buddies. Like you just meddled. This may never happen again. It's so hard to get to this spot. Like you could get sick. You could step off a curb. You could not be motivated. There's a million things that could have stopped you. Kip Rock could have stopped you. He was right there. That dude also ran 329. Right. So I was like, really enjoy it. And then, um, you know, we have space for that. It was authentic. Like I was in LA for six weeks with, um, my my good buddy Jesse Williams, who you guys know well, I'm sure, is like we just hung out and it's the first vacation I've had in 10 to nine years. And I just I trained myself and I just read books and played the guitar, and it was like I got to shut off a little bit. So I enjoyed like the time away. Um, but then the other side of that is like there's this this paradigm of like, this is an invitational in January. He wants to win worlds in July, and that's the goal. And he's taking this competition seriously. That said, we're like eighty five percent fit. I know it's January, but in terms of the psychological aspect of it, him him going in like with the same mindset he's going to go into the final at Worlds if he makes it that far is is like this. So we just try to have like we try to really enjoy the process at all ways. And so he, I voted for him for that. I thought it was an impressive turnaround. To get get motivated to throw down in an indoor race, you know. So he's going with the intention of doing of doing good things on Saturday, knowing that other people are are. are you know, maybe more fit to him right now. But, um, yeah, I think just having the space for that, like I wanted him to enjoy it and get away from the sport. I think some people, um, in other sports have done a very good job of that, you know, and, um, we just try to learn from them running you it's take hard. yourself too seriously.
3: Running. I mean, it's something that I'm, I'm glad it's something you talk about. It's something that you're kind of focusing on because running it can be tough. Running, I mean, college, it's, it's three seasons. It's a year-round sport. It can be tough to be like, okay, unplug, un- enjoy. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's let this soak in a little bit before we start ramping up for the, for the next goal.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. Like some of the like stuff you, all the stuff that you read growing up, I, Kip Kino, of all people, was good like 60 years ago. 50 years, like he did that. He did other sports and just shut off. I remember being a high school kid reading about that. I'm like, okay, and uh, yeah. So we we try to do that to some degree. I mean, we didn't do any crazy stuff in December. You know, Josh did a time trial. Just been trying to get better each week here.
3: Yeah. So, so Danny, I, you 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 mentioned it you know, just a, a couple minutes ago, and I've heard you talk about it in the past. And I've actually heard you talk about it on other podcasts. And I don't, I don't have it written down. But I'm just curious about it. I mean, you you talk about stoicism a lot. And it's something that I mean, that's something I I incorporate into my my daily life, you know, some sort of like stoic teaching, stoic reading. Um, is this is that something that you try to, you know, um, talk about with your team? Or do you, do you do you kind of pass any of that on to the to the beasts?
1: Yeah, so I signed up for the and paid for the stoic challenge um and one of those it's it's three weeks and so the the one one of the days is uh where you have a word for the year and so that was our team meeting last week was we sat i told them monday like you gotta here's what we're gonna do i read them the daily stoic long passage about it and said i want us to do that and so and then mine's right on my
3: whiteboard behind me by the way i'm doing the same what thing. is it
1: trust okay So uh, yes, everybody has done that, and we're going to do some cool things with it, uh, with their with each person's word this year. So yeah, there's things that I I take from it. It's so applicable to what they deal with because, um, in like endurance sports, uh, because it pushes yourself to this physical limit, it is it is a unique endeavor relative to other sports like basketball or football now i'm not saying it's harder but um but i will say if you go to a diamond league or you go to go to a diamond league and i know distance runners look differently they're not you know they're not like uh um ryan krauser size right like just like freaking human that you can kind of tell but trevon is not a big dude He can run the, the mile um you you know so take that i guess take the anthropometrics out like you know the distance runners because they're getting when they're sitting there eating at a dining league, you know who they are by them sitting there because they're getting the right to do something that's extremely painful and they're prepping for that. And so that, that simple difference from other, other sports and even within track, other events, um, you know, I, I think it, it makes them such unique, makes their top job so much more unique from a psychological standpoint. And so we talk about these things a lot because there's so much fluctuations what they have to deal with over the course of a year so i think having some sort of space to be detached from it is, is critical so they their stress levels are lower and they can they can manage that more and as the stoics had they just had so many good principles on life that i think it applies to what we do and, and it's like for any sport i mean there's a little bit of like it, it it does translate into the real world um running in a circle so uh you just got to kind of think think through that a little bit but yeah we talk about it a lot so what's your word harmony okay yeah Mm -hmm. any any, any
3: reason any reason why yeah yeah
1: Yeah. well a couple reasons um so uh i hide it well but uh i i get pretty emotional about things and so and i can get on the social justice within doping and, and some of the shit within the sport that i hate um so i get really like i get really attached to that and it can bog me down and and distract me um so you know one of the words was going to have forgiveness of the system of people in the sport that have really done some horrible things to me personally and to the sport as a whole and like letting that go but i just kind of feel like that might be a little bit of years away from that um and then i thought of like because i started playing music again so i was like okay you know when a song sounds good right like you can like we play a song that if it's a decent song, i you know, all three of us will like it. And there's a melody to it. So I was like, okay, if I'm thinking harmony, like I want this team to have, like, I want them to just feel good. I want it. Like people come to practice in the team. I want this to be the spot that they want to be at every day. And then I think of if you're, if you're writing a song as a coach, you got to kind of organize all these parts. I got to take Brooks. I got to take agents meets and COVID and i gotta make it work i gotta make these like these pieces work so again it sounds good like it's pleasant so that's kind of why i went with harmony I, i've funny, that was it was day eight know, like seven? yeah that like it's been two weeks right so i thought about it every day <laughs> so it's weird like how it works yeah so yeah I gotta,
2: I gotta shout out my uh my girlfriend's mom because we made these little bracelets mine it was like a year ago, but you like inscribed a word on it, and then it was on in front of you, and so you had that. Full, your mind was learned. So this is different. Steve made us sign up for a Stoic newsletter that we were getting and you having to read it every day. So we're, we're years ago, yeah, as well. Um, I had just a question about about uh, Altitude Camp. So, and I kind of goes hand in we hand. We're just saying how you took this time and you guys you know, had a meeting about picking a word and kind of the mental focus of it. I mean, I look at Altitude Camp when I see you guys all down in Albuquerque or wherever. What team does it? And it just seems like summer camp for adults and everybody's there and having a good time and surrounded by pro runners. Clearly, as a coach, you have other goals coming out of that, right? And so it sounds like some of it's mental to kind of like maybe set a mindset for the upcoming year. There's obviously some physical goals. So, so what do you want to get out of like that trip down to Albuquerque, you know, that you guys, I guess you guys probably finishing up pretty soon? Um, yeah. what, what was like the goals going into it that you wanted to walk away with?
1: So, what well, we have, uh, I mean, just in the guy, like we're talking about, we talked about Josh a little bit. So we signed Waleed and he's the first in Devin on the guys team. We've had, we've added women. We added Lori part, but we haven't added a, a male in four years. So, um, you know, Devin and Waleed don't live with any of the guys here in Seattle. So one of the things was this team bonding aspect of it because Waleed and Devin, you know, we get to, the, they, they don't live with the guys and, it's different when you're shoulder to shoulder with somebody like every day. So there's, I think some of the stuff that I talk about in team meetings for those two with the other six guys will click more because they're just in their space more. They're living with each other. Um, so there's some individual goals around that. <clears throat> and uh, the other, the other parts are, you know, I've saved some of these, th- these topics like word of the year. Now, Grant, that was there, but there's some things the Daily Stoics, which just happened. But there's some other things that we're, we're talking through in terms of uh, the team bonding aspect of it. And we're doing the Wolf Award almost every week here. Um, we just won't do it one week. That Last week was the first week, one week we won't do it. That's a big thing for our team, our team bonding. um I revised some of their strength and conditioning. Um, Brooks is great. And so they gave me some resources. So I'm working with this uh, group in at Elevate. We've been, we've been going there for seven years lifting, but the trainers are phenomenal. And so I'm having them take the lead for the first time in, in my nine years of doing it at work. Cause I write all the, the weight training. So I always want to learn more. And so we're doing that differently. Um, we're getting back to like our breathing practices and our core and the kind of relearning these really these kind of nuanced things that we do. So camp is, is even though practice started in October and we talk about them, camp is like, I'm around like, it, it just, there's nowhere for them to go. So we have to do these little things. It's another way of saying it. And, and I, you know, like the, the weight training stuff is good because I, I push them to be open-minded and I, we use like, we don't use trial and effect. We use trial and, I'm sorry. We don't use, I see it's so ingrained trial and error it's trial and effect. And I want them racing that way. I want them training that way. So it's like, we try something, we see if it works and if we doesn't. And so if I'm asking them to be open-minded, be aggressive, take some risks, like it was really hard for me to like, give up the weight training plan with some people who I know are smarter than me, who I've known for a long time. And they're basically, they know what we do And I'm super involved with it. And I did just not be this asshole controlling coach. I'm like, okay, guys, you got it. But I told the team, I was like, this is why we're doing it. And I think we can get a little better in this area. And, you know, I want them knowing that I'm a coach that's going to try to find those those areas that we can keep improving on. So camp's a really good way to do that. Like it's that's because, again, we're just around each other so much. Um, So those are some of the things we work on outside of just like the general fitness aspect of being up here. You know, and the weather's good. I mean, the sun's still beating on me right now. So it's nice.
3: How much, how, how much uh, strength are like, what percentage of their, of of their day are they working on strength stuff? That's all because that's something that I, I've never. I mean, obviously most people that have competed in the sport, participate in the sport can get it. Can They can wrap their head around the miles and the, the workouts and, and the yeah. running training. How often are they in the gym and how, how many days a week is it?
1: So they're in the gym two days a week. Uh it's about about 70 minutes, 50 wow. to 70 minutes. Um, and we do another two days of like technical work that's about 20 to 30 minutes. Gotcha. So and technical work, are anybody that has like drills and med ball work and and um like body weight stuff. So yeah. So not like, you know, when you break down a week, it's not that much. You're looking at three hours of a whole week. Um, but uh, we'd be really like thoughtful with it. Like if you, if you guys came to watch us live, like I would have an answer for everything that we do now it might be wrong, but I have a reason for it. So <laughs> I've like, thought through it. Well, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So we take it pretty seriously. I think it's important. And I, and, and like I get asked questions a lot about it. And I, I tell people that, most distance coaches are nervous about it. Like I was I mean, my background in physiology and biomechanics, not, not like strength conditioning and the programming around it. You can get like really into the numbers too much. And so I've, I'm lucky because I'm good friends with Stu McMillan and Dan path and uh, Kevin Tyler. And so they're phenomenal strength conditioning people. And so they, they've helped a lot. And um, yeah. So I, I just tell people who have questions is like, just do like high school coaches, like pick six exercises in the weight room. Do those really well, and that that can get a lot done. So, we don't do overdo it in the gym, either. Like we don't, we're not pulling stuff from like Instagram or you know, like if there's something interesting, I'll keep it in mind. But we're, we're very specific and intentional about the stuff that we do in there. So it's a it's an effective like seventy minutes, fifty minutes.
2: When when I was in college, I thought Coach had us <laughs> doing core just to get us up at seven a.m. twice a week. That was really the whole yeah. point of it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, but apparently it's more into it yeah. than that but yeah yeah
3: so on uh on our last episode with you and i think anybody that follows the beast or follows your instagram or the beast instagram knows that you try to incorporate some mma training you're big into mixed martial arts and Love uh it, yeah. and so uh this is going to be a little bit of a different question for you and probably one that you've never been asked on a podcast before but i'd say of the past three years i've gotten i've I've developed an appreciation for MMA. Um, I was always a boxing fan, but boxing has just become so damn boring. It's just, they're just hanging on each other. It's just, you, you put on, you put on a ESPN place, ESPN plus MMA fight. I mean, it's, it's 10 times more entertaining than anything in the boxing world right now. So I I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, but I enjoy watching it. Um, But I also, uh, you know, tend to gamble a little bit on it. And I, i am a terrible gambler when it comes to MMA because my pick is determined slowly on their walkout. Whoever has the better walkout, whoever is more hyped up whoever, and, and I, and I, and my, my record is terrible. So can you give me any advice for gambling on MMA? Uh, all
1: right. Well, for, first off, I just, finally <laughs> I'm not even, I, I am talking about gambling on athletes. Like I don't gamble that much. It's fun. <laughs> um, not for investment, right. But, uh, my jujitsu and MMA friends, it's more. It's more fun if you put like ten dollars down. It's fun, right? So it was the best thing on so, TV. yeah, my guy McGregor really screwed me this year because I bet way too much on him. I thought he was underdog against Poirier. The second, third time they fought, he he would have won if he didn't. I know it's going to be. He would have won anyway. Again, so I did the same bet, Danny. <laughs> so I I was in the red. Let's say over the last, you know, I in the red. Um, I bet on Pena to win, which is she was huge, and I had some good parlays and prop bets this weekend. So I, I was, I picked Francis and Davidson Figueredo to win, and I parlayed them. Ooh. So I'm, I'm back, I'm back in that positive. <laughs> um, I uh, gosh, you know, I follow the sport. Well, it, it's the first thing I, as I do, I trust my gut, which I did not do for a while, and I was in the hole for a bit, but um, yeah, like ah, there's not a science to it. I was joking around, um. Uh, with my friends about like starting like a Twitter social media. Cause now now I'm an expert cause I've had two good pay-per-views in a row where I've not lost money, <laughs> but I just go with my gut. Yeah. Right,
3: well, just so you know, I mean, I have,
1: I have specific reasons why I picked Francis to retain his title and Davis and Figueredo to win back his title, but I was barely right on both those.
3: So just so you know, I'm giving you heads up, fair warning right now, the next big pay-per-view, main event, you will be getting a text from me asking. Yeah, go
1: that. for it. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. My neighbor uh, won. What, it was Pena and somebody, oh, Olivera. So I parlayed those. My neighbor does not give a crap about it. He just wants to have beer. And so he comes over because he's got twins and stuff. And so he's like, he loves, he loves, I didn't know he liked gambling this much, but he, I told him he put a lot down he won a lot of money that's a good parlay because all yeah, Berry was the i mean also uh
3: i may or may not have toyed with the idea of that parlay i didn't put it in but <laughs> i i might know that it was something like plus 500 so yes yeah, just just give yeah i <laughs> i i hate that i know that but i do know that
1: <laughs> i usually go with like a jiu-jitsu grappler is always a safer bet um, unless they're a freak striker like Francis or Connor, the fight always. What's the the, the police department physical in their altercations? I think they go to the ground ninety some percent. It's like ninety two percent of the time. MMA fights no different. So,
3: you, you like never if Francis could wrestlers. never mess, no, with wrestlers. mess with
1: wrestlers, do no. not mess with wrestlers. Do not mess with wrestlers.
2: Nope. I can assure anyone that this is the most in-depth MMA talk you can get on a running podcast. (laughs) And we're not sad. We we were just talking football like the whole last episode we had. So there's no shame in that. Um, This is kind of related and I wasn't sure I was going to ask this, but I think I will know that we're talking just about super fit people. You had a picture recently of a polar plunge and, and coach Mackey, you're just ripped. So is it important to you to be like in better, you know, physically looking shape than any of your athletes? (laughs) <laughs> um no, <laughs> no
1: it's funny that you say that i even, um i do think it's important that so do you guys remember um arthur leard at all i'm gonna bring this back to running since it's a running podcast yeah okay so uh for those who you, younger people like look him up um so i got to go i think to a second to last uh seminar because i was in grad school in colorado and one of the things I said talked about was training and doing workouts. And this was like when he was in the seventies, he would still do that stuff. And so he did He did it for one of the reasons why I did it was like to stay connected to what the athletes were doing. The other reason why I did it was he wanted an athletes to see that he was like working hard. And, um, so I, I, that stuck in my mind. Um, so yeah, so no, I don't care. I mean, I'm glad you think I was looking fit, Trent. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, like, uh, I do think it's important for me to work hard though. Um, even when it's like, gosh, Olympic trials, I was sleeping four hours a night. Cause I had Marta and Josh over in Europe and everybody here, but I got up every morning. I did it. it you know, I did the run, did workout if I could, um, I'm getting ready to fight in what is it six weeks. So I'm like cutting weight now and and, and honestly, part of the reason why I'm doing it, it's one of the daily stoic things, physical Steve remembers I think, I don't know what day that was. I'm signed so up for a marathon I, now. Yeah, I don't want to do it. It's the week after U.S. indoors. My preparation's going to be awful because um, I have a job that doesn't align with this lifestyle. But like, I want to be scared and get out there and suffer. And like, you know, the, like watching my nutrition is not something I've done in a long time. Last flight I did was three years ago. So I, I want to stay connected to them. I don't want to be that coach that's like, I mean, you all hear it. Like I, I hate it in the pro world. they be like, Oh, that person's not any good. I'm like, really? Like, do you know how much better they are at their job that you are. Even if they get last in this race, they're a lot better than you. Like 1340s for a men's 5k, like won't make it. So that they're not, that's really good. It's a really good athlete. And so I like staying connected to it. I did the same workout they did two weeks ago. Is a weird one. I know my lactate levels and beauty max is different so it's relative but like sometimes i will do their workout if i if they haven't done it before just like so you get a kind of sense of like how to communicate better through it so yeah i do for those reasons and I, and it's good too to get attached detached from it. it's nice talking about football or fighting when it's not and then could talk about track later but yeah i want to hopefully like i like i think they like it when they see coach out there suffering running 34 second 200s <laughs> Like was last week, <laughs> and It has got to be something,
3: you know, even if it's subtle, like psychologically knowing that this person's giving me this workout, they're telling me what to do and they did it themselves. It, it could be mid-workout, right? You know, the feel of pain of being mid-workout and the person who's telling me to run these times, telling me to, you know, on the stopwatch just did this. I don't, I mean, it's got to help. It's got to, you know, it's got to, it's got to feel a deeper connection with your athletes when you're doing that.
1: I, I think so. I mean, like, uh, Kyle Pfaffenbach, the 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 our nutrition and supplement expert. Any vitamin they take, or, or collagen, or so you know something a supplement, we take it. Mm-hmm. We we have done taken we don't have them try take of something like, you know, three grams of fish oil unless we do it ourselves. So all of that stuff we do. Yeah, and and Sarah, our athletic trainer, our head of athletic trainer, Kyle and Julian, like the Beast staff, like we're not going to be breaking world records, but we'll be all getting out there and like getting after that meets. And like, it's something I thought about starting when I, you know, when the meets start back up is like, like getting coaches together and agents together and media, like you guys, like getting people together and running because I, I think it, I think it, yeah, the connection is there. You got to know what it feels like. Don't forget it. You know, even if we're slower and older, like I am now. So.
2: Maybe we should be done with MMA talk, but you just talked and said you had a, a fight coming up. So, what kind of fighter are you? Like what's your style of fight? Oh, grappling. I, I'm I I've toyed around with the idea of getting in a
1: cage, but I it's I've worked so much that the striking part, which I started training last year during the end of the pandemic. I yeah, it's not good if you get busy with work and go like two weeks without boxing or kickboxing, you know?
3: Like coach, to coach, somebody, coach don't forget, if if so they're gonna respect you. Stuff if they're going to respect you for getting out there and hammering some, some 400s, imagine how much they're going to respect you when you show up with a busted face and cauliflower. I know.
1: I know. Don't, don't tap me. Cause it's a a couple people are trying to talk me into it. I'm like, I'm <laughs> too old to be doing this shit, but it's a, a jujitsu grappling. Yeah. Is,
2: is there any way for us to watch it? Like, is there an online, you know, stream uh, we can, we can tune in. It into? might be on
1: pro grappling. I don't know if it will be. Um, there's some bigger tournaments. I think if I won this one, there's a chance I'd be invited. That would be ridiculous, given <laughs> what I. Uh, and those would be on full grappling. Yeah,
2: full grappling. We do All a right. pizza early watch party. We usually do You're it gonna for have big lock events. Just, just a watch, watch me get, get choked out. This,
1: yeah. <laughs> watch some twenty-five-year-old guy just manhandle me. Sounds great.
3: <laughs> so I, I I've seen a lot of uh, pictures on your Instagram. You got a new puppy. What's the name? Louis. Louis. Okay. Louie.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the the freaking uh rescue place said he was a lab and he'll be well no bigger than 60 pounds. Neither of those things are remotely true. I don't know what he is. <laughs> um he's got a badass scar on his left leg. They found him under a house in Texas. So um, but he's already 30 pounds. He's put he's doubled in size in a month.
3: Wow. Wow, you get your hands full.
1: Yeah. He's okay. somewhere right now. Like I I'm in the room on the bed because he, He gets involved with everything. He's at that age right now as a dog. So I didn't want to bother everybody.
2: He brought the new puppy to like a hotel room or an Airbnb. I'm not sure exactly Uh, where he's there. Airbnb, yeah. I'm in an Airbnb up in the foothills. Oh, those owners are not going to be thrilled. I (laughs) see. Maybe you're a great trainer, but. I
1: told them. uh, They're okay. We're just paying a massive, uh, a little bit of, well, everything's, yeah, hardwood, so they're okay with it. Okay. I've been coming here for five years. Got enough of my money.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Coach, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. This is always a ton of fun, but you've been on before. We've had your athletes on before. We end every game, we end every interview with a quick game, so yeah. we're going to do down the home stretch, just rapid fire question, questions on one, you know, very very uh, you know open ended topic, and this topic is going to be coaches or coaching, and Trent is going to hit you with the first question.
2: All right, Danny. What's the most overused phrase you hear other coaches yelling at their athletes when they're running by on track? Like, like what's the worst thing? And you're just like, every athlete's heard that a gazillion times and it's just not go good to your good arms, ones. go to your arms. You hear that all the time. Good one.
3: All right. You, you have to step in and coach a game, match event, whatever. And it can't be running. And it can't be it can't be anything mixed martial arts. What sport can you step in tomorrow and coach a successful event or whatever? Baseball. Baseball. All right, I like it. That's
1: a good. Keeps that of- clubhouse culture high.
3: That's right. That's important in baseball today. It's not is. about it's not about the old school. Uh, you know, you know, char tobacco in the in the lip anymore. Mm-hmm. Yelling at you. It's all about the clubhouse culture.
1: And and like I would get the t. I was gonna go basketball because I thought of Bobby Knight, but like I would definitely use throwing shit out in the field, throwing the Gatorade, the chairs at the ump to get the guys riled up. I'll do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that actually was gonna be one of my questions. Are you ever envious of the shit that coaches could get away with back in the day? You know, Bob (laughs) Knight chucking the the chair. Oh yeah, yeah, court.
1: Yes, yeah. I would be love to throw some stuff at some. um, Federation officials <laughs> say that. some of the calls at U.S. Championships.
2: You, you don't really get the track and field coach getting in, uh, going face to face with the with the Elms. It's tough. It's a it's a downside of being a coach in this sport. It is, yeah. All right, I'm not putting any. I'm not
3: putting any parameters of sport or anything like that on this question. Who's the greatest coach of all
1: time? Phil Jackson.
3: He's had some pretty good players. I don't know.
1: Oh, don't go there, Steve. <laughs> don't do it. Well,
2: love my, stuff. My,
1: LeBron, my LeBron loyalists will say uh, Jordan was only good because of Phil Jackson. And then I got you saying that Phil Jackson's really good. Is. Whatever, guys.
2: <laughs> they can both be great. Belichick and Brady were both great. Um, <laughs> all right, if you were going to coach that baseball game, like you talked about, you know, you'd have to wear that, that team uniform out there in the dugout. So would it be good or bad for track and field if the coaches wore the racing attire, the singlets, the speed suits? Oh, horrible. I, I want, there's some, he's a cool,
1: he's an agent. I don't know his name, but he always wears a suit. And that's the, that's, they should make us like dress up. Even though we got to run around, we're sweaty. But no, no singlet, man. No. Nope. I, like I put that. on a singlet the other day. I was like, well, nope, no way. <laughs> hairy. No. <laughs> way too hairy.
3: <laughs> which which member of the beast could you see get into coaching?
1: Oh gosh. Um, I think a better question would be like which one wouldn't. Um how about who, which beast would I want to coach me? Brandon Kitter.
2: All right, coach Kidder. Yeah. All right. You obviously, you know, you love your job, but but there's going to be some terrible parts to being a coach. Like I don't know, long band rides, smelly athletes, whatever. So what's the worst part of being a coach? Travel.
1: As I gotten older, that wasn't the case the first six years, but now I'm just like, uh, yeah, I miss I, I miss may- being in spots.
3: I think you may have already answered this question, but um, what's the, uh, you know, running track and field coach, what coach do you admire the most?
1: In, in track? Yeah. Um, well, I already mentioned Dan Paff and Stu McMillan, so I won't say them. Uh, I'll go with, uh, let me think. Hmm. There's a couple that I really like. Uh, i like roland a lot i like mark roland a lot i think he really he gets into it um terrence Mann's really smart um i think boss hard's created a good culture there with emma yeah um gosh i'm trying to think of like if i have a co- an athlete and i'm like gonna go to a group and i'm like okay see if this person will coach you uh Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I probably I probably go Roland. All
2: right. Yeah. Try and hit him with the last question. I guess I'll do the opposite a little bit if that was the coaches may aspire to or look up to.
1: Don't I like? Oh, that'd be fun.
2: We could do that if you want. I'll let you answer that. Or I was going to say, what's like a common mistake you see track and field, cross-country coaches making at any level? Could be pro coaches or yeah. it could be like high school, college.
1: Uh, oh, uh, it's, it's too, uh, overcoaching and or not trusting their athletes enough.
2: And yeah. now, who, who's the worst coach? You can answer that
1: one. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that's an easy one. We won't answer though. <laughs> Google my name. <laughs> Danny,
3: uh, thank you so much for coming on. As always, this is a ton of fun. You know, we're we're huge fans of you. We're huge fans of the beast. And we can't wait to, to see everything that's going to happen over this next couple of years. It's a short off season to the next Olympic cycle. So, you know, we're going to be Watching every single move. We can't wait.
1: That's right. Thanks, guys, for having me on.
3: Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Good luck with everything, Coach.
1: All Nick right, boys. No Good, to see you. You. Good to see you guys too. All right. Take care.